got uh, Good Friday weather on Palm Sunday. And thank you all for braving the elements. I'll be honest with you, the way things were looking this morning, we uh, we were concerned, the elders and I, talking through it uh, about 8.30 this morning. Um, and so this is a surprise. It, it didn't end up being as bad, uh, it looks like, as it could have been. And we're thankful that you're here. Plus, the kids get to have their Easter egg hunt right after the service. So we celebrate that. Well, on this Palm Sunday... As Gary has already alluded to, we turn our attention to Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem uh, and his final week uh, on this earth as a man. Holy Week begins today, and therefore the passion of Christ is on full display. Um, as we reflect on that passion, uh, which Literally, the word passion uh, rises from a Latin root, passio, which means to suffer. So our understanding of the word uh, passion today really didn't uh, come into place until about the 13th century. Uh, up until that point, if uh, someone used the word passio, it simply meant to suffer. Not just to have an emotional fervor um, towards something, but uh, literally it came to mean uh, if you had a passion for something, that was something that you were willing to suffer for. And so we need to keep that in mind as we use that word uh, today. Uh, we begin uh, a three-week series today that will take us through Resurrection Day next Sunday and then the following Sunday, and the series is entitled, This is Love. This is Love. And, and what we see in Jesus' life from the triumphal entry to the resurrection is literally the personification of love. What we see is what love looks like as we follow Jesus uh, on this road to the cross. We see love incarnate, how love responds uh, as it's riding high when things are going well, and how love responds when things aren't going so well, when it's laying low. Jesus arrives in Jerusalem to great fanfare, as most of us are familiar, that we celebrate this Palm Sunday. He's riding on a donkey, as Zechariah had prophesied. Uh, Gary read the passage from Matthew. I'll share this excerpt from Mark. Uh, Mark says, those who went ahead, that is of Jesus, and those who followed him into Jerusalem shouted, Hosanna, which literally means save now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And so what we celebrate today, this Palm Sunday, is the arrival of love on its way to the cross, the arrival of Jesus into Jerusalem. And the closer Jesus gets to the cross, the more magnified his love becomes, the more clearly we can see the Father's love in this journey to Golgotha and the extent of Jesus' love for us. And so today, as we step into Jesus' passion, as we step into Jesus' suffering on our behalf, I want to talk about what true love actually looks like and our challenge to love 
the way Jesus has loved us. Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a Sunday, which is the Sunday that we celebrate today, Palm Sunday. He cleared the temple, if you'll remember, in righteous indignation on Monday, as the Gospels uh, teach us. He taught in the synagogue then all day Tuesday. He was stirring things up at that point among the religious leaders to where they began to plot against him. The Bible is silent on what Jesus did midweek. It doesn't tell us what Jesus did on Wednesday of this holy week. Thursday, he ate the Passover meal, what is known as Monday Thursday now. He eats the Passover meal in the upper room with his disciples. He washes their feet. He is then arrested after Judas' betrayal in the garden. Friday, he is brought before Pilate. He's beaten, he is crucified, and ultimately he dies on the cross, on what we call Good Friday. Saturday, Jesus lay in the grave. Sunday, he arose. And each step of the way, Jesus shows us what true love looks like. And we see it in greater clarity the closer we get to the cross and ultimately to the resurrection. Henry Nouwen, the great Catholic contemplative, put it this way. He said, Jesus' whole life and teaching had only one aim. He came for one reason and one reason only. Don't miss this. To reveal the inexhaustible, unlimited love of God and to show the way to let that love guide every part of our daily lives. And let that sink in. That's why Jesus came. Let me ask you something this morning. Is the love of Christ guiding your daily life? Is what Jesus exemplifies on his road to Calvary your goal? Is it guiding your life? This morning I want to talk about what love is and how we see that in Jesus' example on the way to the cross. First and foremost, and love is servanthood. And if you're going to love someone, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your children, whether it's your parents, whether it's your friend, whether it's your brother, your sister in Christ, that ultimately means that you're going to serve them. Love is servanthood. If you've got your Bible with you this morning, turn with me or, or go to the app on your phone uh, to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, we fast forward from the crowds cheering Jesus on uh, on this Palm Sunday as he enters Jerusalem. We move to Monday, Thursday, and Jesus and the disciples beginning the Passover celebration. And John tells us that it was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. So Jesus is willingly moving in this direction. He's in control. He's sovereign. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal. 
He took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, which was the job of the lowest servant in the house in the first century in that culture. And after he washed their feet, he dried them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Fast forward to verse 12. And when Jesus had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. And he said, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked him, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so. So that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example, Jesus said. That you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, Jesus said, you will be blessed if you do them. If you serve one another. As followers of Christ, our love is revealed in our service to others. Jesus said the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. Humility, the humility that Jesus demonstrates here is the evidence, not only in his life, but in our life, of God's love within us. Love serves. Love serves. Jesus shows us that. It doesn't seek to be served. Love extends to others. It's not entitled to. Expecting things to come our way. Love gives without expecting anything in return. That's hard, isn't it? That's hard. Because we feel like if we're working this hard towards something, well, we ought to get something in return. And if we don't get something in return, our tendency is to back away from it and stop doing it. Jesus says, keep loving. Keep lo-. Jesus wasn't getting anything in return here. He says, keep Loving. Love stands out in a sea of selfishness. Mother Teresa visited Phoenix, Arizona in 1989 to open a home for the poor there. And during that brief visit, she was interviewed by the largest radio station in town. And in a private moment with Mother Teresa, the announcer asked her if there was anything he could do for her. He was expecting her to request a contribution uh, to the home or, or media attention to help raise money for uh, this, this home for the needy in Phoenix. And instead, this is what Mother Teresa said. She said, yeah, there is something you can do for me. She said, find somebody nobody else loves and love them. It wasn't about her. It wasn't about what she was doing or what she was building. The heart of Mother Teresa was the heart of Jesus. And that was simply just to demonstrate and extend the perfect love of God to other people. Let me ask you something this morning. Whose feet do you need to wash today? Whose feet do you need to wash today? Jesus came not for the greatest of us. He came really for the least of us. Who do you need to serve today that may or may not deserve it? Man, love 
serves. Jesus washed the feet of Judas, his betrayer. And that's love at a different level. And when you give your life to Christ, make no mistake about it, you are signing up to be a servant. To follow Christ into servanthood. To do for others what He has done for you. Jesus moves us from the upper room to the garden where the depth of His love is revealed through surrender. If you remember Jesus... Stands after Judas leaves the room, uh, he leads his disciples uh, into the Garden of Gethsemane. And in Mark chapter 14, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me there. Mark chapter 14, verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Just sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Jesus said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death as as he looked toward the cross. And as he knew the cup that that the Father had for him, which would be emptied upon him, which was literally the wrath of God for the sin of the world. And so Jesus says, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. He says, stay here and keep watch. This is Jesus' humanity on full display. He's struggling right here to move forward into the will that he knows is God's will for his life. But Mark tells us he went a little further. He kept going. He fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. You know, God, will you take this from me? I can't do it. He says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will be done. Love is surrender. And we see that in the life of Jesus right here. Gethsemane, the word Gethsemane, literally means press. And it was a stone, a Gethsemane stone that was at the base of the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane that that would press the olives once they were harvested. And so a Gethsemane is this stone that they used as a mill to wring and extract the precious olive oil out of the olives. What an appropriate place for Jesus to release and surrender his will. To the Father. It was the place where the olives were crushed and pressed. And Jesus is crushed and he is pressed here. He's in agony. And ultimately he surrenders his will to the Father. Leonard Ravenhill put it this way. And I love this. He said, Gethsemane is where he died. The cross is just the evidence. Where Jesus, in his humanity, died to himself to move forward in the Father's will. And it's something that each of us is called to do as followers of Jesus Christ to follow him into this place of surrendering our own will to the Father's will. And it is the most challenging thing to do in the Christian life. And we must do it daily. The Apostle Paul said, I 
die daily. In other words, I surrender my will, my wants, my way to God's will, God's wants, and His way every single day. True love is surrender. True love is volitional. True love is a decision that we make to love every day after the feeling is gone. Amen? The world doesn't do this well. If it doesn't feel good, it doesn't do it. But God calls us to surrender our will and our way to Him. True love doesn't demand its way. It surrenders its will to the Father, trusting that even through the pain, God's got a plan. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing in Gethsemane. And we all have our Gethsemanes. We all have our seasons of being pressed, those times of intense pressure and difficulty in our lives when we must choose to love regardless of how we feel. We run into Gethsemanes in our marriages. We run into Gethsemanes in our families. We run into Gethsemanes in our churches when it's not about us. It's about what God wills. It's about God's way. And we must choose to not allow our feelings to lead us, but we must choose to love regardless of the pain. And it's during those times that God desires to extract something precious from us. For Jesus, it was a final surrender to God's will. And for us, it's almost always the same. During those times of intense pressure, God's desire is that we trust Him and that we release our lives completely to Him following Jesus' model in the garden. Our love for God is revealed through our surrender to His will. Not demanding our way, but trusting Him. Let me ask you something today. Where do you need to do that? What do you need to surrender? Where do you need to surrender? Your will, your way, that God's will may have its way in your life. As Jesus rises from his prayer in Gethsemane, he is soon betrayed by Judas. He's arrested by the Jews. He's abandoned by the disciples. He is convicted by the Romans. He is beaten. And ultimately, he is hung on a cross to die. And the depth of his love is revealed ultimately through sacrifice. Sacrifice. And the depth of our love is also revealed through sacrifice. Take a look at Luke chapter 23. Verse 33. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals. One on his right, the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. And they said, 
He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. Sacrifice. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, then save yourself. And there was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. Save us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. And it was now about noon. And darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. True love is sacrifice. And Jesus exemplifies that sacrifice, that perfect sacrifice for us on the cross at Calvary. Jesus died a, as a substitute for you. He died as a substitute for me on that cross. His love proven through the ultimate sacrifice. No greater love. We've all sinned, the Bible tells us. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is what? It's death. It's death. It's an eternal separation from God. But Jesus, having lived a perfect life, was qualified to die a perfect death. To die once for the sins of all. That's why He came. And it is in that death that the love of God is shown Perfectly. And through his death, our sin is forgiven. And that's what Easter's all about. That's what the cross is all about. The substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ for your sin and for my sin. And it's that substitute and that sacrifice alone that can reconcile us to the Father for all eternity. That is the only thing that will get us home. It's the greatest demonstration of love the world has ever known. Our sin is forgiven, but only if we place our faith fully in Jesus Christ and acknowledge the depth of God's love for us in His sacrifice. The curtain of sin that once separated us from God is removed by that faith. It's removed only when we're willing to trust Christ as our Savior. What we see this Holy Week is literally the personification of love. If you want to know how to love, this is how to love. This is love. You want to know how to love your spouse? You want to know how to love your children? You want to know how to love anybody in your life? Your co-workers? 
This is love. To serve. To surrender. Not my way. But God's way. In service to others. And to sacrifice. For the sake of others in your life. 1 John chapter 4. Kind of sums it up for us. John says this. He says, and this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Life is found in Christ and in Christ alone. And then John says, here's the definition. He said, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And that He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And how do we respond? He says, dear friends, since God so loved us, and we also ought to love one another. That's the message of Jesus' life. That He loved you enough that He was willing to die for you. That He was willing... To come onto this earth, to live as we live, to live a perfect life, to experience and be tempted in the same way that we're tempted, and yet not sin, and then be qualified to die on our behalf as a sinless Savior. Do you know Christ? And if you don't know Him today, I would encourage you to to just open your heart to Him. To just receive Him as your Savior. And then come next week as love rises and celebrate His resurrection with us. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank You for the depth of Your love. Lord, it is an inexhaustible love. It is an unconquerable love. It is a love that we cannot fully comprehend. But one day we will. Lord, as we stand before Christ face to face, as you promise every one of your children ultimately will. I pray, Father, this week as we reflect on how Jesus has shown his love to us through sacrifice, through surrender, through, Lord, serving others that we would, by that example, do the same. And, Lord, we would continue to pursue a love that only you can give. And, Father, I, uh, I thank you that uh, today is a day of celebration as we wave those palm branches, Lord. And, and Lord, we come Again, and we gather next week to celebrate uh, even more as death has been conquered. And Lord, you raised Jesus from the dead to show us the full extent of your love. And we celebrate that. And we do that in Jesus' name. Amen.